Hi, welcome to another episode of the Fiber Coven podcast. We're so stoked to be here with you and with each other. We're here to talk with you about some yarny stuff and some witchy stuff. I'm Lauren from Valkyrie Fibers. And I'm Emily from Kitty with a Cupcake. Got a little bit of news to kick things off. We are in the middle of our mystery knit along for the end of the year here. It is the Source of Evil MCAL, and it is inspired by the evil architecture in Tolkien. Yes, and it's <laughs> super fun. And Clue 1, it's already released. Clue 2 comes out the same day this episode comes out. And Clue 1 was super short. Like, really, most people have finished it in, like, a very short knitting session. So if you still want to jump in and you're nervous that you wouldn't have enough time to join us, you have plenty of time. Promise you, Clue 1 was, like, hardly a clue. So mm-hmm. you still have plenty of time to jump in and knit some evil. Exactly. So it is a boomerang-shaped shawl, which uses two skeins of fingering weight with a high degree of contrast. So dig around in your stash and see what see what speaks to you. Yeah. And join in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Discord for it, it's actually popping along really good. You can hop into the public threads on our Discord. We'd love to have you. Indeed. And Fiber Coven members save $5 on the pattern. So if you want to join the Fiber Coven for a month just to try it out, now would be a good time. Fantastic. And then where are the places people can see you in real life coming up this holiday shopping season? So many places. I've booked many holiday markets. There's more since last time we talked. Okay. Oh, my goodness. So on November 26th, which is the Saturday after Thanksgiving, Small Business Saturday, I will be at Crafty Supermarket in Cincinnati, Ohio. That's a Saturday. It's from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. It's a fun show in the Music Hall Ballroom. It's indoors. So you can be cozy away from the cold weather and shop with some cool independent artists. On December 2nd, I will be at Logan Street Market for their holiday night market. Uh, That is Friday from 4 p.m. to 8 8 p.m. Sorry. Uh, And that's the only night market that I'm doing this season. So if you want to see me at night, come to that one. December 2nd through 4th is the Black Sheep Holidays from Darksome Craft, and this is a virtual market. So if you can't come see me in person, you can see me virtually. I will have a virtual booth, uh, and there is a coupon code for that. Uh, That is Saturday and Sunday. December 10th through 11th, I will be at the Logan Street Holiday Market. Uh, I will be inside at Logan Street Market on Saturday and Sunday at a table. Um, You can shop with me. You can shop with the various local vendors at the Holiday Market. It will be fun. December 17th and 18th is my last market before the holidays. uh, And it is the Flea Off Holiday Bazaar which is inside the Henry Clay Building in Louisville, Kentucky. It's a beautiful old historic building. There will be lots of other independent artists as well as like some flea market type vendors there. So that will be fun. And that is Saturday and Sunday. Sweet. And then I have one cool one that's like post post uh, holidays that I just want to shout out because it'll be neat. Uh, I'm doing the Goblin Market in Marietta, Georgia on April 22nd and that is a market that is um, like Goblin Fae themed and there are actors portraying goblins that are walking around the market and they will trade you trinkets for things like uh, you know like wishing on the moon or like dancing in a mushroom patch Uh, so that will be fun 
I'm excited sounds about great. it. Another vendor told me about it at Crafty Bastards and I applied and got it. And so I'm excited. It sounds like a real hoot. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So we do actually talk about dating. So what? let's do some of that. Okay. <laughs> you finished a thing. I did not. I finished my Zauber ball sacks. They're so cute. Did you block them? They look so nice. I did. I blocked my socks because I, I think they look nice then. They do. They look great. Mm-hmm. So these were knit for me. They're just my regular vanilla sock pattern, which you can find the recipe for on our Fiber Coven Patreon page if you would like. And yeah, they were, I think the colorway was called Garden Party. Um, They're kind of purple and greens and they're just vanilla Zauber Ball socks and they will be cozy for me this winter. They look great. Hooray. <laughs> nice. And uh, have you been working on anything else that you can show us? We've both been working on test knitting the MCAL. I have worked on my sweater project. Yay. This is my sweater that I am knitting in Hedgehog Fibers Tweety, which is really fun to work with. It's their uh, natural Irish Falkland wool yarn with uh, tweed flex that are made out of recycled uh hedgehog fibers threads so they're fun and neon um and this is the blaster cardigan by andy satterland it looks like a little sleeveless cardigan it looks great yeah i've got i've got the the you've got armholes i've got armholes so it actually looks like a sweater and you can try it on now which is exciting the armholes look like really huge to me right now but mm-hmm. I think it's just because they're like rolling up and I haven't picked up the stitches for the sleeves yet. So I'm going to trust the pattern on that because the the mm-hmm. body, like the shoulders seem to fit me in a way that is good. So it's better that your armholes are too big than too small, though, for sure. Yeah. And I've definitely had arm, armholes that are too small. So like I said, I'm just going to trust the pattern and assume that it cinches up when you do the pickup because pickups are less stretchy than other things. Mm-hmm. So. That it is. And yeah, I'm really liking working on this. I am at the point where it's pretty like chill. I'm just doing the lower body part. And then there is a little like very chill lace chart at the end after that. So that's a fun project. That's what I've been working on. That's the wizard's chess is how I just (laughs) said that. (laughs) (laughs) I have managed to put in a little bit of work on my same two projects Mm -hmm. that I have on the needles. Uh, I'm in the very last color on my shockwave shawl with my avatar colorways. You can see I've made it a couple inches since last week. I'm, this is my potato chip knitting. It's great. This is a free pattern on the Hedgehog Fibers website, which is really great for using up any little sizable chunks of scraps you have left. It's been, it's been fun to work on. And I also, I think I did a little work on my sock. Let's find out. <laughs> I've been really busy dying. Oh yes. Looks, I got a, I got a couple inches on my, oh, yeah. on my second sock. I did stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's all I've been doing. Yeah, just a little stripy sock for my sweetie. That's all I got. I've been really busy dying and all that good business. Mm-hmm. But you said you threw a bunch of yarn in your bag because you want to cast something on. So I finished my socks. Mm-hmm. And I would normally start new socks, but I'm kind of like, eh. Mm-hmm. I'm starting new socks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, well, maybe I'll 
have a different vanilla project going. And then I dug through my stash and I have yarn. And not all of it is for vanilla projects. I don't know. So <laughs> let me tell you <laughs> the thoughts that this yarn gave me. It was definitely, I was like going through and I was like, well, I could do this with this. And I don't, I don't know. I'm having a moment. You got um, that creative energy flowing. Yes. Too much of it. Oh, so Emily just pulled out an enormous tote bag. <laughs> yes. So this is my sock project that I grabbed the other day. And honestly, a big influence of grabbing this was that I didn't have to wind it. Uh-huh. Um, Some West Yorkshire spinners. Yes. And this is the uh, wood pigeon color. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. it's one of their self-stripings. And it's really Looks nice. like some grays. Yeah, it's grays and like lavenderish gray mauve. Uh, mm-hmm. And this would be fun to work with. But this was supposed to be for me. And I just finished socks for me. So I feel some kind of way about that. So mm-hmm. that is that thing. And then the sack. So then I was telling Clara that I was feeling this way earlier. And Clara suggested that I do a vanilla hat. And she I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, she suggested I do the Musselberg hat by Yasolda Teague, mm-hmm. which is like the the one that um is like a double doubled up mm-hmm. hat that you knit like from the middle. And that is and a can really be reversible. That is a really good idea. So I grabbed this to potentially do mm-hmm. that with, which is just a uh skein of fingering weight from old rusted chair called Upload. That's like, you know, gray neon kind of speckle pops mm-hmm. that I love. So I grabbed that. I yeah, I guess I'm feeling weird about the Musselberg because I haven't knit it before, so it feels like less vanilla to me than it actually is. But you start at the crown and then get into the vanilla, so it would just take me like one session, I'm sure, to like get past the part that is new to me. I didn't use the actual pattern. I just winged one and it turned out too big. I bought so, the pattern. Okay. Um, buy patterns is a write-off for me. So I like, if I'm like mildly interested in knitting something, I don't really care about buying the pattern. Um, yeah. So I bought the pattern. Mm-hmm. Then other things that I've thrown in this bag mm-hmm. are, so I grabbed this, which is, you should uh, recognize. Oh, yeah. You picked this out yeah, for me. Yeah, I got that for you a mm-hmm. long time ago. A long time ago. Um, it is Earl Grey Fiber Co. in Figgy Pop and Mum's the Word. Mm-hmm. And it's kind Very of like seasonal, Christmassy and seasonal. So I thought it might be fun to work with this at the appropriate time period. Well, let's just say it's a deep, like magenta, but with a pink background. And then uh, it doesn't have to be Christmas, but it's very winter. It's very Yule and winter, not like yeah elf stripes christmasy correct correct it is it's classy christmas it's classy solstice colors christmas victorian yuletide colors (laughs) (laughs) so i thought that just doing like a simple striped vanilla shawl with this could be fun and it would be like a candy cane oh that would be sweet is that is it dk or fingering fingering Mm mm-hmm So I thought about that for this and I do like that idea. And then I would probably just like gift it to someone. You could design something mosaic knit in that. Well, so here is, (laughs) so I was saying that I really like clue two of the MCAL 
And I think it would be maybe nice to just have a shawl that is clue two of the MCAL because you can knit clue two forever. That would be a really good idea to knit up a sample of that and be like, you can also do this. And it would look really good in these. Maybe I will do that. Your excitement about this is is confirming my excitement about this. You would have to redo clue one though, right? No. You just do clue clue one and then. I, I would probably keep. Yeah, I would redo part of clue one. But it would be very easy. Uh, I would just fully chart clue one and make it so that the pattern for clue two goes down into the little teeny bit of clue one as far as it can go. Um, Mm -hmm. And then just do clue two forever. Yeah, clue two forever would be fun. And then it could just be like a bonus download to the pattern. Mm -hmm. Kind of variation. Like an option. Yeah, variation. But that is not vanilla. (laughs) which is okay but it is it is very easy it is it is almost vanilla i definitely Mm -hmm. worked on clue two in a very vanilla way Mm -hmm. um it's a vanilla with you know a little shot of caramel in it vanilla Mm -hmm. latte style but it's not it does it wouldn't replace the vanilla socks so i probably would like cast on the muscleberg hat just to have because Mm -hmm. i need i need plain stockinette in my life sometimes mm-hmm. or plain flat garter so that's that and then the really less direction zone is what's in this bag <laughs> um what's in oh here goodness so i have some dk yarn that's been in my stash for even longer than that earl gray fiber coat that you got me has been in my stash which is this uh, Ooh, it looks very plummy. It's very plummy. It's a very deep magenta from La Bienna May that I got mm-hmm. from 2019 Vogue Knitting Live. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's pretty vintage. It's been aging in my stash and gaining extra tannins. Um, <laughs> so I have that and it's DK. And I don't know. I bought that to do something with it. And I thought that this skein of Hedgehog Fibers Ghost looks kind of nice with it mm-hmm. it looks like a very pale plum it is, is it's, it's a very fo- very light mauve very nice so this looks nice and it's the same it's the same weight and i suspect that it's the exact same base because mm-hmm. that's how y'all dyers roll mm-hmm. and that would make sense as those are both european dyers checking it yeah it's got it's probably the same it's mm-hmm. like the exact same yardage. So I was considering I wear my Settlers of Natan shawl more than any of my other shawls. And that is also a three skein DK weight shawl. So if I made something mm-hmm. with this, it would be a similar size to that. And I would probably wear it a lot. But I don't really have concrete plans uh, aside from what I've just said. It might be nice to do a Settlers of Natan in that and you could just change it out at one of like the mid or finish points of a hexagon well that's true i could just like do a seller sometime i was thinking of doing a whole other design oh okay a whole fresh design great so we have one potential vanilla e-hat and two potential shawl designs i'm tracking okay and uh (laughs) (laughs) and then this is the worsted weight serendipitous wool. I got at Rhinebeck this year. Mm-hmm. And this would maybe be uh, that comfort zone hat I designed this year. Just like a quick gift knit. Oh, the cable one? Mm-hmm. 
Oh just, yeah. Just because it would look nice and it would be like a I, I have finished that hat in a weekend before. Because you have designed that, is that technically vanilla to you? No. You, it's cables. Okay. But it's easy okay. cables. It's it's similar. It is. It's similar to the mosaic situation I have suggested mm-hmm. in complication level. Mm-hmm. I'm not done taking this back. There's a couple more things in this bag. Uh, so then I have two random Kemper yarns that I bought, like before Kemper and I were friends that I just really like and have been hoarding. Okay, one mini of them skein set. is this t- mini skein set, and I kind of want to do just like vanilla fingerless mitts for myself. Okay, with this. and I would probably use the math for my practically perfect mitts, mm-hmm. but just not do the cable lace part. Okay. In like a little micro stripe situation. But I'm okay. also tempted to do a slip stitch pattern. I'm in a moment of indecision. So I have this, uh, and that's just been sitting on top of my like yarn basket for a while, being like, you should do something with this. And then I have this crazy silly slub string yarn. slub mm-hmm. yarn that I bought from Kemper a while ago. It's called Caraco, which is her like jellyfish princess inspired color mm-hmm. way. And it's very, you know, it's very you neon pastel speckle barf, which I really enjoy. And this I was thinking of doing like a pretty vanilla shawl shape with this uh, to show off the slub. And then I would have that maybe as a free pattern for like stuff that Kemper and I do together next year as a sample. Okay. Is this it? Yes, I'm done now. So there you're are, only been- there are two more skeins in this bag, but they just came by happenstance because this was a bag of DK. So I don't want to do anything okay. with these, but they're okay. in here. <laughs> so your only vanilla options were the slub yarn, mm-hmm. what shawl, and the muscleberg hat. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think you should. Okay, logic says to pick one of those, but I think if you did the clue to shawl, I am open to doing one of those and one of the extraneous options because I am imminently. So I think why I'm feeling like the like new design stuff. It's this is like I'm like Charlie Day in front of the conspiracy theory board right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I think why I'm feeling those is because I know I'm about to finish this MCAL and then I'm going to be like, well, what do I do with myself? So I'm like preemptively getting ready for whatever I do after this MCAL. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. I really want to see that Earl Grey clue too, shawl. And mm-hmm. I think that you will be able to capitalize on selling your pattern with very Yuletide colors if you're putting that in your feed a lot. That seems very smart. I like this mm-hmm. idea. And selfishly, I want to see how that looks. I think that's legit. I think you should do that. And I think you should pick one of your two actually vanilla projects for your portable vanilla project. And I think the Musselberg hat sounds fits more of the bill of being a portable vanilla project. I it's think a one skein project. You are wise. And this is why I have unloaded all of these yarn <laughs> thoughts at you because your decisions make sense. <laughs> I made one practical, I, you know, one mm-hmm. practical choice and one selfish because I want to see how the yarn I got you as a present works up. And I think it'll be profitable for you. Yeah, totally. And I can also, you know, 
ruminate on like this pretty DK situation and like maybe swatch and chart before I start something for it and like know that I'm feeling this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think and I think this happy- is a good strategy. How happy are you going to make all the MCAL people when you're like, surprise, surprise, alternative pattern? Pretty happy, I'd say. I think that's a really nice thing you could do because basically all you have to do is re- like do an alternative clue one and just be like, repeat two clue until you run out of yarn. Yes. Okay. So I like this plan. I'm going to wind mm-hmm. this Yule Solstice Victorian mm-hmm. evergreen thing for mm-hmm. a to clue to and i'm gonna wind this thing single skein of sock single yarn skein but... of sock yarn for a muscle bird hat because i think i think that do you think that would be too crazy of a hat for me to wear no. i think i would wear the hat i think i could also give the hat to someone exactly mm-hmm. plans what a digression them. yes sorry <laughs> this is well, gonna be a long podcast i'm just I like apologizing it. to myself because i'm gonna have to edit this <laughs> indeed um so... indeed that was Emily's crazy yarn can't make a decision corner. You're welcome. People who like it when the podcast is long. <laughs> well, we also got stuff this week. I did. I got the sweatshirt I'm wearing, so that's easy. Mm-hmm. I got this sweatshirt from Shop Disney. My mom. It's a vintage Mickey Mouse looking sweatshirt. It is. It's super oversized and comfy. I'm very comfy today. So comfy. Um, my mom was like, I have coupon for Shop Disney. Do you want anything? And the sweatshirt appealed to me. So mm-hmm. here we nice. Go. Uh, I got oh. I have one more thing, so I'll do that. And then you can actually speak on your own podcast. Uh I got these Disney munchlings. Uh-huh. Which are cute little plush guys. And I got two of them. Chad and I each opened one. And as we opened them, I was like, he asked what one I wanted and I was like well really I like all of them except Pluto mm-hmm. and did you get two Plutos I mean I don't know what that is it's Pluto oh okay he looks like corn why is he corn it does look like corn they're supposed to be candies he's supposed to be a peanut butter cup and all of the other ones are but really it's yellow cute. and green and he is not really cute and I'm annoyed with him. So I'm going to do a TikTok about it's how cold. I dislike this corn Pluto. Yeah. They're also Fair. supposed to smell like candy. And he smells like not peanut butter. Interesting. So all in all, disappointment. <laughs> I'm so sorry about your disappointing stuffed animals. Thank you. <laughs> I ordered some fabric off of Spoonflower and it came. I saw Ooh. somebody made a little pinafore dress and on the and I want to do that. I think I'm going to do that uh, over the winter here. And I actually, it was uh, Sucreta and I really love her account. Uh, and she makes a lot of her own clothes and I saved the pattern and the print she chose had some cicadas on it because she likes bugs and i thought i need that and i need some unhinged fabric and i like possums possums i didn't i didn't even like possums when all this started and now i like them <laughs> so i got this really cute light blue oh fabric. i love that one little black uh drawing like pen drawings of possums one of them sitting on a jack-o'-lantern and there's some floral stuff going on hanging on things sitting on stumps it's really cute and then and they're like a little more realistic looking possums some of them are screaming with their crazy eyes and their little teeth 
Mm-hmm. And then I got this other fabric that's lavender with a little more cartoony possums. Yeah, I like this one a lot. <laughs> it's really cute. I got enough to make up. I think I got, I hope I got enough to make a pinafore dress out of each of these. And I might make some mug rugs or coasters or something small out of the little scraps. Those are adorable. I, hardly I might approve. learn how to make. You can I make the masks. I could make masks out of the scraps or maybe some zippered project bags that I could, cr- like, this could be the liner and I could crochet the outside. You never mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, I might see if one of my amazing knit group friends who's actually good at sewing would do that for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for money mm-hmm. or trade, you know how it goes. And that's, that's what I got. I'm excited after I'm done, after I close out my year of dying to maybe work on those projects. Nice. That's awesome. Oh, and I also got my advent calendar in the mail today, but obviously Mm -hmm. I'm not opening it yet. But my advent calendar this year is from Lantern Light Fiber, and it's the Fellowship of the Ring advent calendar. That's really nice. Yeah. Well, we're going to transition into a cult corner. So you got a Lord of the Rings themed advent calendar. There is a character named Belladonna in Tolkien. Mm. Belladonna took two. Mm-hmm. I was like, who? But yeah. Yes, indeed. And this week we are going to talk about the plant Belladonna or Deadly Nightshade for a cult corner. Lauren suggested this topic and it was full of fun, interesting factoids. Good topic suggestion. It really is. So the scientific name is what? Atropa Belladonna. Mm-hmm. And Atropa is after Atropos, which is the one of the fates in Greek mythology. And the fates, of course, are that tripartite goddess thing, like we talked about with like Hecate. And it's common to many different uh, mythologies. There's like the maiden, the mother, and the crone. Like I said, totally common mythological concept. And in the Greek version, they are the fates, the, and the one spins the thread of a, a mortal's life, the other measures it, and the last one, Atropos, cuts it. Mm-hmm. So and she's kind that of trans- a little bit like death in a way. <laughs> Very much. And her name in Greek translates to the unturning one or unyielding. It's just about unchanging, unyielding. And she says, the one who cuts the thread of a mortal's life. Mm-hmm. Which is appropriate. Because Belladonna is extremely toxic. Extremely. Everything Mm -hmm. about it is toxic. The berries are poisonous. The leaves are poisonous. And the roots are the most poisonous. Yep. And this plant is native to basically everywhere we, everywhere the Romans conquered, everywhere we think of as like the cradle of civilization in a Western sense. So North Africa, the Mediterranean and Western Asia is where it grows. And it has been naturalized and introduced into some parts of Canada and the United States, but it's not native to there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the thing, the toxic compound in it, they're called tropane alkaloids. And it's related to cocaine. Wee! So, of course, like we're looking up this extremely poisonous plant and there's descriptions of what it feels like to be poisoned by it. And it really sounds like a bad trip and an anxiety attack put together. Mm-hmm. because you because you get some psychological effects as well as physical symptoms like racing heart and what some of these chemicals do for my like limited Googling and 15-year-old bachelor's of health science sort of degree. It shuts down your parasymp- parasympathetic uh, nerve system. Like it, it interferes with it, these chemicals do. 
and your parasympathetic nerve is your like rest and digest thing. So it's going to start messing with your digestive system, your heart rate, your breathing in yeah. a bad way. Yeah. The symptoms that I saw listed include dilated pupils, sensitivity mm-hmm. to light, blurred vision, loss of balance, staggering headache, rash, flushing, severely dry throat and mouth, slurred speech, urinary retention, constipation, confusion, and then hallucinations, delirium, and convulsions. Yeah, sounds like a really bad time. (laughs) Like I said, it sounds like an anxiety attack and a bad trip at the same time. Yes, and uh, then it it, it can also affect your memory and learning long term. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this has been known to be a poisonous plant throughout antiquity and people have used it in small like in very very small doses for medicinal reasons as well as for uh murder reasons all the time and I guess I guess we should throw in our disclaimer here although it has been used medicinally we are not advocating for you to Don't put this in. do that if you google yeah. this there's going to be websites that are like what are the medicinal properties of belladon don't eat bell no bad don't do it. Yeah, we are not advocating for you to put this on in or near your body. We're talking about before we knew about some other more useful medicines back in history. Mm-hmm. People used it for some stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to talk about all those things. I think it's super neat that they still use the same chemicals, but in much smaller amounts for dilating your eyes when you go to the optometrist. Yeah, that is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also saw that if bees pollinate this the deadly nightshade flowers they can make poisonous honey which is fun that is fun let's talk about what the plant looks like a little bit before we go into history and stuff so okay that sounds great these plants uh they can get to about seven feet tall but they're more commonly like five feet tall and they have leaves that are up to seven inches long it has bell-shaped flowers that are dull purple um, tinged with yellow-green towards the base, and they are faintly scented. Um, nice. And then the fruits uh, are little berries, which are green, and they ripen to a really shiny black, which is, you know, appropriate for its poisonousness to have, like, super shiny black scary berries. Uh, and mm-hmm. the berries are about, like, a half inch in diameter. And they are sweet, which is a problem because sometimes children have eaten them and they kind of can look like blueberries if, you know, you're a dumb kid. And they are consumed by animals uh, and then the animals like disperse their seeds uh, by pooping them out. So, yeah, they to me, they look like if an eggplant was a berry, which makes sense because eggplants are in the nightshade family. Yep. Yeah. And a, a few things that we do eat that are not poisonous are in the nightshade family like tomatoes Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah all right let's talk about some some history some history so i couldn't find any sources for this but a couple articles that i read said that the romans used to use this for like tainting their uh, enemy army's food supplies they used to get a nightshade Yeah, I'll buy it. The Romans absolutely knew this was a poison. 
Uh, I accidentally got into the weeds of looking up the Julio-Claudian dynasty because two of the women in there were suspected and or accused of poisoning their emperor husbands with deadly nightshade. The first one being Livia Drusilla, who killed the first emperor, was reported to have killed the first emperor, Augustus, with possibly Belladonna. She was the mother of Tiberius, who was not a good person. The Julio-Claudians are a hot mess of really not great people. And then further, like a couple generations down in the dynasty of just more terrible people, Agrippina the Younger, who was the sister of Caligula, famous not great guy, and the mother of Nero, another famous really not good guy, (laughs) possibly used Belladonna again to poison her husband, Emperor Claudius, who was the only possibly decent guy in the whole bunch. Yeah, so it's it's a real a real bummer. I just also uh, historically uh, Macbeth might have used that same tactic of drugging an enemy's army to win a battle using Belladonna, which I think was cool. I didn't know Macbeth was a uh, actual historical figure and oh, not yeah. just a Shakespeare character. Mm-hmm. Um, Hamlet is really the only fictional Shakespeare character. Most of the other um, drama characters were real peeps. Well, that's there's a couple more fictional ones, but. Yeah, Macbeth and all the kings, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Macbeth is categorized with the tragedies. So I'm like, I didn't think there was like a real Othello or a real Romeo and Juliet. So I just thought that they right. were all fictitious you're, like yeah, that. You, yes, that is what my brain was just spinning around. Yes, you are right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But but no, I'm learning that this is like both like historical fiction and one of the, you know, one of the tragedies. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Caesar is a tragedy too. Fair. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. That Julio ignore, ignore my only fictional Hamlet because there's there's other ones. I don't think King Lear was a real person either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then I know you'd seen some stuff about the cosmetic uses of Belladonna. Yes. So um, actually the colloquial name Belladonna comes from one of the co- cosmetic uses of uh, the plant. Uh, so it means beautiful woman in Italian. And it was in reference to uh, putting eye drops of the plant in your eyes to dilate your pupils and make you look more seductive, supposedly. And uh, women in the Renaissance in Italy were doing this and in other places, too. But it would cause minor visual distortions uh, and inability to focus on nearby objects and increased heart rate. And prolonged usage was supposed to cause blindness. So, you know, one of those classic cosmetics being used to the detriment of women examples. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's lots of tales of Italian women using this to poison people, usually their husbands. Mm -hmm. It's a common, common poison in the Italian Renaissance era. Yep. We. (laughs) (laughs) I also saw that it was, it kind of related to something we touched on in our dildo episode. Yep. (laughs) I got that too. So that back to the flying ointments. Yes. And I wrote down what episode number it was. So you can go look up this episode if you want. But in episode 39, ancient dildo mythology, uh, we talked about kind of the origin of the broom as a symbol for witchcraft and just minor prep on that, that they thought that they were using the brooms as dildos uh, and also flying them in the upright position. 
Yes, yes. Uh, and part of that was rubbing a flying ointment on the broom. And there were two different theories as to what the flying ointment was for. Some people thought it was literally to cause them to fly across the sky on the broom. And some people thought that it was a drug. Uh, and there aren't really any resources that we have that we know for sure that either of these things were happening but this is what some people who were accused of witchcraft were thought to be doing uh so belladonna is one of the ingredients that was supposedly used in this flying ointment for some witch back and all orgies yeah and we know that people can absorb uh, drugs and or medicines through their mucous membranes so Mm -hmm. that's a thing that's real Mm mm-hmm Yeah, and um, bringing things a little more modern, I remember listening to a Behind the Bastards episode on homeopathy, and they touched on a case that happened like in the 2010s of some homeopathic medicine, actually it was really tragic being a medicine, heating tablets for for infants contained belladonna, and it sickened and I think killed some, some kids, which... This this plant is still uh, causing harm and people who are not not treating it with the respect it deserves for being super, super freaking poisonous. Yep. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. one of the most toxic plants that we have discovered. So it's really bad news bears. Don't eat it. Yeah, be, be very careful with this plant. I think it's super it's super beautiful, though. I wish I uh, if I could have it in my garden, I would have a little de- uh, poison garden have a little poison garden like mm-hmm. any good witch yeah there are some animals that can eat it uh it seems like uh, cows and rabbits both eat it and don't seem to mind it but your pets it's also uh toxic to your pets so mm-hmm. no good very careful out there witches yes that's about all I've got. Did you have any final thoughts on Deadly Nightshade, a.k.a. Belladonna? I just have a couple fun pop culture references to it. Ooh. Um, mm-hmm. So it's likely the poison that uh, Juliet is sleeping from in Romeo and Juliet. Uh, not necessarily the one that kills them, but like when Romeo thinks that she's dead and then she wakes mm-hmm. up later, uh, it's likely that the apothecary would have known the exact perfect thing to not cause her to die because it was like kind of a sleep aid drug uh back in the day so that's probably what shakespeare was referencing um not 100 percent sure but likely and then 100 percent for sure uh in the nightmare before christmas it's used in sally's potion that she uses to uh poison dr finkelstein to run away she has a nice little prop jar uh that says deadly nightshade on it and everything so that's kind of fun that is and then in practical magic nicole kidman I, I forget where her real character is, but Nicole Kidman in Practical Magic uh, is using Belladonna and calls it Belladonna, not Deadly Nightshade, to drug her uh, crappy boyfriend because he he's some sort of, you know, otherworldly evil entity, maybe. And she's using that to drug him to make him fall asleep and then eventually gives him too much of it. So he permanently falls asleep. <laughs> and then the nightlock berries in the hunger games are kind of a mashup of belladonna and another super poisonous plant hemlock you're very right yes yeah so fun stuff that's super cool i really enjoyed learning about this yeah maybe we'll talk about hemlock in the future too because that's another fun poison plant situation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
great. I hope you guys had fun having a little discussion about this too. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to do a little promo and get on out of here. So we've got, of course, that wonderful MCAL going on. Mm-hmm. Jump so on jump in. in on our spooky Tolkien MCAL, jump into our Discord, which is a really fun place. And uh, you've also got a Kickstarter currently going on. Tell us more. I do. It's ending imminently soon. Uh, so jump on that. Uh, I have, I by the time this episode comes out, I will have made the earrings and the, well, just the earrings, not extra stretch goals. I'm going to make them up uh, available so that we can hit the goal of the Kickstarter because I'm going to order them anyway. I think they're cute, so they don't need to be behind a goal. Uh, and then I think I'm going to add a mystery B grade up as an add-on as well to help hit the goal. Nice. That mm-hmm. sounds really fun. So join in on that Kickstarter. And if you are looking to find any of this stuff that we've talked about, including show notes for the episode you just heard, head on over to fibercoven.com. You'll find links for show notes for Emily's patterns and merch. You'll find links for my yarn and to our Patreon, where we have bonus content of all kinds of there and access to special fiber coven discord groups which are full of totally amazing super cool people that we love to chit chat with so yeah head on over to fibercoven.com for anything else you want to know about us and if you want to listen to a whole nother podcast where we talk about our business stuff and all the nerdy things we're into Mm -hmm. so yeah fibercoven.com your place for all things fiber coven so until next week keep making yarn magic